Welcome back to studio edition of More Than Meets the Eye. I'm Emma. I'm Antonella. And we are here to help you see the world through a more aesthetically pleasing lens. What? That was awesome. I oh mean, my gosh. I hope this audio sounds a little bit smoother I think um, it to our listeners because we are back in the studio. Yeah. And not just using my laptop that hardly picks up on sound. <laughs> it's honestly not even that bad. It's just. What happens is we are not great projectors. Either we are for an instance, and then we're very quiet. Yeah. So we need microphones to like keep us in the Consistent. middle. Yeah, basically. That was, I just had a nightmare time editing one of our episodes, and that was basically it. It was like <laughs> I had to turn the gain up so much and then like edit every little time we got too loud. Ugh, too much, too much. Anyways, so mm-hmm. More Than Meets the Eye is a podcast about aesthetics. Which means we kind of look at uh, the rudimentary, like, style, vibe of a word, which is, like, um, so that could be, like, fashion, movies, TV, any of those kind of things. That all goes into an aesthetic um, and creates these wonderful things called aesthetics that we like to analyze. Mm-hmm. What is our aesthetic this week, Antonella? Um, so, for the first episode of season five. <laughs> oh, my God, you're right. Welcome to season five. Welcome to season five. We are talking about... Um, the aesthetic twee mm-hmm. or indie twee, um, also known as hipster style. I know. <laughs> hipster in the 2010s. We'll get into this. Yeah. Though. It's a deep history. It is. Um, I, I was shocked to find out. And we'll, we'll get into it later. Mm-hmm. But um, first, so we're doing twee. Um, talk to me about do you have a relationship with twee? Like, do you have a past with it? Mm-hmm. What's up with Twee? What's up with Antonella and Twee? What? Yeah. Let me give you the 411. Um, I think, I mean, essentially, like, it was 2010, like, let's say. So, like, I was kind of young to be, like, really exploring fashion. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, maybe, like, when I was, like, 12, mm-hmm. I kind of started to get into that more preppy uh, vintage style, but I wouldn't say I ever fully like delved into twee. Okay. Now, music wise, like twee music, I think like I also was a little bit too young to be like not listening to like Katy Perry or, yeah, you know, true. Hannah Montana or whatnot. But I think like some of my first like, you know, experiences not listening to like top 40 radio when mm-hmm. I was like in middle school were like those indie bands yeah. that like are quintessential tweet for sound. sure so that's for me but i know that i feel like you have a longer history with tweet or like i feel like you have a more personal I feel like experience I, have, I feel like i have a similar experience um i think i have a closer understanding of it back in the day um but i don't like i would never say i had a tweet phase if i did no okay that's a lie i think i had a tweet phase for about a semester like back then it was like middle school so it wouldn't actually be a semester it'd be just like half a year but that's what it was like Mm -hmm. I think like when it initially came out here's the thing I was always too cool for school so I like picked up on a trend early and then when it was like a trend I was like never mind and I dropped it um and that's kind of what happened with Twee well it kind of is like the you know what happened with Twee yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um because I mean it was based on being too cool for school and then when it became well no it's based on being lame yeah. So then you were embracing the lame, but then when that embracing the lame got too much, it like was actually kind of lame. Yeah. So. When everyone was embracing the lame, you're like, okay, now we're all just lame. Yeah. 
But I mean, we're, we're lame with the weird name yeah. on top of it, like hipster or tree, you know? I was just going to say that I definitely like like Zoe's De Chanel when that first happened. There was definitely like the fashion that goes into Twee I was wearing. But at the same time, I remember like multiple times in my childhood, like as I was like reading about this, taking notes, whatever, I was like, I remember the moment when I went, I don't like that. <laughs> like the, the defining things in Twee that made me go, I do not like this. And I tried to, like, distance myself from it. Because I definitely liked vintage. But there were definitely moments where I was, like... For example, I'm going to give a little hint into what we'll talk about. But, like, mod cloth. I remember there was a moment where I liked mod cloth. And then I remember very soon afterwards, I did not like mod cloth. Mod cloth. Yes. I have I have things... I have thoughts yes. on mod cloth. So let's do quick definition. And then I didn't want to hop into the history. Mm-hmm. Because the history definitely impacted my understanding of Twee. Yes, so, yeah. for sure. Um, so I would say Twee is characterized by an embrace of imperfection, childishness, quirkiness, mm-hmm. and just an overall, like, handmade DIY kind of style. Yeah. Um, Vintage-y. Yeah. Definitely, like, bright colors, too. Um, pastels mixed with, like, some bright colors. A more feminine, like, 60s style. That's kind of, like, where the vintage part comes in, which I think sucked a lot of us into twee back in the day right i mean that was like a lot of people i mean i think a lot of people have a vintage style Mm -hmm. but it can be kind of categorized in different eras but absolutely shall we hop into history sure all right do you want to take it away yeah so i think it's interesting that i feel like a lot of these aesthetics start with the music scene mm. and then kind of transition into fashion yes i feel like that's happened multiple times with our topics yeah i and also feel like mm-hmm. this one is not known i i ran the first article i read was about the history of twee and then i read like two articles afterwards that did not mention this history at all and i feel like i i didn't literally did not know this history before reading it um and i feel like a very mis a very common misconception of Twee is not understanding the history behind Twee. Totally. Yeah. I didn't I was not aware how deep it went where yep. when it started. Yep. So essentially it began in the UK. Yep. Bristol um, to be um very specific because it was a specific Bristol based music label. Interesting. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of aesthetics that like eventually reach America yeah. and become totally like compartmentalized commercialized commercialized (laughs) essentially um and it basically uh the music coming out at at this time like late 70s early 80s which Mm -hmm. super way before 2010 like that that blows my mind because i was not thinking that but um it was basically kind of a response to the super punk hardcore gritty sound and look that a lot of people were sporting at the time yeah it was also um, a response to Thatcherism, um, which is uh, Margaret Thatcher was the prime minister of the UK in the 80s, um, and she was hyper conservative. Not only that, she was a female leader. She was so conservative, and she was like so like a woman in a man's suit kind of vibe. You know what I mean? Like so taking her role as a woman in politics as she has to pretend to be a man, basically. Um, and a lot of like this music directly went against Thatcherism and was direct like social outcry, like socialism in music, like outcry against these like horrible policies that Margaret Thatcher was like 
creating and like like destroying the lives of the working class peoples in the 80s and this like label sarah which is like kind of like coined with the origination of um twee um they were run by men and a woman which made a lot of people upset because they were like why is a woman running this label um and like also something i was reading about was like a lot of people were upset because here were women in bands like leading bands and they weren't super punk which is what you're saying like about the punk was like the only way women could be in music is if they were like hardcore or punks or like mm-hmm. rock chick but this was like more feminine and a daintier side of women being in music which was like totally unheard of basically yeah it was a space for women to like express their musicality which mm-hmm. kind of a first for a lot of the music scenes that we've seen come out of the uk so yeah i think that got a lot of backlash um yeah it really like kind of got pushed down which i think is why a lot of people don't know that this is where it started because like the music industry didn't want you to know Except um, the two surviving bands from this label are Bell and Sebastian and Camera Obscura, which are two bands that, like, are popular today, mm-hmm. um, which is really, really cool. Um, I also like that you said DIY at the beginning because, like, I would never think of DIY as music, but these two articles I was reading was talking a lot about, like, DIY pop. Yes, decentralized pop. Yep. Like, that's basically, like, what started it it was like all grassroots Mm -hmm. organizations and people being like hey i can also make music too and just like starting a band yeah and like that was really revolutionary for the time and even if it like it's they sounded bad it was kind of just more about the experience of just like recording and just having a band and playing shows than it was about like whether the music was good or not (laughs) i know i read i was reading this one article that was like pretty aggressive towards Twee and I was like yo dude you gotta chill like it really like nothing matters this much for you to like drag down hipsters and like like wow fun little pop songs yeah it's just like like, for fun yeah um but yeah I mean that one article that I read uh from Pitchfork did you also read that one I didn't it's so interesting because it was written in 2005 so it's like Definitely so this is like pre, pre 2010s pre 2010s twee. So That's I think crazy. it has like a pretty interesting perspective. It's called Twee as Fuck, um, and it basically just outlines the whole story of like indie pop and twee, mm-hmm. and talks like about the like um, the first record label who started yeah. um, twee, and just like about a bunch of bands that started popping up mm-hmm. in the UK, and then it reached America. Yeah. Which is interesting. I read the... I think we should post these both on the Instagram because I think they're really cool. Um, I read the Jacobin article by Ian Wang, who also got interviewed for a Vice article about Twee um, because he's, like, apparently still an avid fan or whatever. Um, And Oh, and he wrote this article for Jacobin, um, which is, like, a a UK newspaper about music. Um, And I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Apologies if I'm not... um, It's really cool, though, because he's got, like, the insight into it because he was there and, like, he's followed it since then, which is just, it's cool to, like, get his insight into it. Yeah, so essentially it then reached the United States. Oh, yeah. And... In, like, 20 years later. Yeah, like, late late 90s, um, like, more, like, DIY bands started coming up Mm -hmm. and, like, specifically in, like, Seattle, of course, and, like, just the Northwest in general. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, as well as Washington, D.C. 
and the, like a similar vibe of just people with their friends making kind of bad music. Yeah. And it kind of, you know, didn't matter if it like really sold or anything. It was just more for like their friends. Yeah. More um, for the act of doing it than like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also very like a lot of female bands, like a lot yeah. of women in all girl bands recording. Because that was, because who would give them record labels otherwise, you know, like who would give them records otherwise? I mean, like parallel to like all of those like punk rock bands of the 90s, like all these male Nirvana (laughs) rock stars. I love Nirvana, (laughs) but like that's literally who we're talking about, Nirvana. Yeah. Um, Do we want to skip to the commercialization of Twee? Mm -hmm. So jump forward to the 2010s when it's like first of all, the first Twee revival, basically. Um, And the way Ian Wong was writing about it was he was saying that um, it basically became the mass market version of Twee and, like, the depoliticized version um, because it took all the social aspects, the social limb away from it and, like, all, like, the creative creativity and music and whatever, and it made it into, like, a physical aesthetic that you could go to a store and buy, which is, like... Also, like, Zoe Deschanel is very much a factor in this selling tweet, you know? And and Wes Anderson, too. Like, Wes Anderson makes the movies that fit into the tweet category of, like, funky. And it's, like, it was a revival, but it was also, like, this commercialization of it. Like, because it's not political anymore, you know? Yeah. I mean, also just strips away the whole, like, unintentionality of it. Like, yeah. the whole amateur aspect of it is now being made into, like, you know, Hollywood yeah. movies. And you know that's, influencers that's why when we think of it now we're like ew <laughs> you know it's because i think of like forever 21 like owl necklaces yeah. like that is like my memory of wow. it that was like a good like we really lived through that at the age to live through that yeah. stuff and like wow no it did it's like haunt my closet for years yeah. it's still, like there's it's remnants. Still, there's remnants oh i can just remember some fits i was pulling <laughs> and it's like dang that was a rough one. Yeah. Anyway, but I mean, that's kind of what's so interesting, though, is that they made it a commercial commodity. Um, people bought into it for so like so many years, and then it quickly became lame. And people, of course, still bought, bought into it after that. But it was like quickly became like not even the center mm-hmm. of like fashion anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it then became like the like the emergence of the word hipster. Yeah. And like people who live in Williamsburg, Brooklyn and Which are... is <laughs> I feel like people who are like just doing bands for whatever could probably not afford to live in Williamsburg anymore. Yeah. But <laughs> literally. So now that's like kind of that whole scene has just been changed a lot. But yeah. like I feel I like now we just associate it with this like whole aesthetic yeah. of a white privileged person yeah. trying to be like this vintage I don't know, like Absolutely trying to not look like a white privileged person, I guess. <laughs> um, but as, in the same sense, they do end up doing it. I think at the same time, like, the sentiment of, like, doing whatever or, like, being yourself or being kind of weird, like, I feel like that has done some good um, in a sense that, like, you know, it has allowed people a little more freedom with what they do. Um, like, in literally, I think, the article that was, like, bashing Tui, um this guy also like wrote a quote not ian walk someone else uh wrote a quote about like that's not basically we're all a bit twee and i thought that was really funny because it's like 
I guess definitely when it was a thing that was true, um, but I think, like, the idea of it influenced us all, because it was such a big thing, like, definitely holds true. Um, okay, do we want to talk about its the recent resurgence? Yeah, so, I mean, I guess now I feel like I see a lot of, like, the word twee popping up again. I just don't see actual twee happening, though, which is what confuses me. I feel like I was like, oh, so like where, like I'm, because I feel like normally when things like resurge, like yeah. Y2K, for example, I'm like, oh yeah, like I am down for this. Like mm-hmm. I am so ready. Like I, I love ready. it already. You're not ready for tweet. Tweet, I'm not as like interested in, maybe just because I never had a relationship to it. But I will say, I, I feel like I do see like hints of it in like this recent like obsession with knitwear and mm. crochet wear. And it's a lot of like, I don't know, like, DIY kind of, like, uh, handmade looks that I yeah. feel like people are wearing. Um, okay, and interesting. I feel like also a lot of, like, Twee was having, like, vintage items, like a mm. typewriter. And, you know, I feel like people are now using disposable cameras, digital cameras. I think yeah. that kind of connects in some way. Um, as well as I feel like I was thinking about, like, music, too. Like, mm. like bedroom pop kind of has a similar handmade quality, like yeah. similar to the roots of Twee music that I feel like kind of relates. Um, I feel like if we went more back to like what the roots were and we just ignored like the 2010s <laughs> moment, Twee moment, I would be so down. Like I was listening to some, I, some of my songs that I want to play are like stuff from the like 90s Twee era, the 80s, 90s Twee era. Um, Cause that was, I actually really enjoyed the music. I thought it was cool. But, like, the, I don't know, I find, like, the she and him stuff, like, it's just too much. Like, it's not, I don't even enjoy it, you know? It's just, like, what trying to be something. She and him is Zoe Deschanel's band, oh. her duo. That's the TikTok sound that goes around every time someone's like, my twee face. Oh, God. Um, I guess I'll, we'll play part of it. I really <laughs> we, don't want to. We should play it just to, like, I just, just need to understand. Okay. Um, but one, I feel like also another thing is I feel like kitschy jewelry is really popular right now. Like, pearls and, like, quirky charms okay. on necklaces are, have made, like, a huge resurgence. Like, I don't know, brands like BP Bella are really popular. And, like, those are feel super twee to me. Okay. Um, I don't even know what BP Bella is. Yeah, I feel like it kind of blew up on TikTok. That's you know another tiktok reference but yeah um, i feel like i went around like tiktok fashion and now i'm just in like haute couture like i'm just getting tiktoks about haute couture which i'm like it's not helping me with what's happening in fashion right now you mm-hmm. know um speaking of tiktok though um, my experience with the most recent twee resurgence is like about a couple months ago everyone saw like there were a couple of tiktoks like this but everyone saw like one tiktok where it's just like twee is coming back what is twee and then like some girl explaining what twee is and showing a bunch of pictures of zoe Chanel. like i feel like everyone saw those tiktoks a few months ago and everyone was like what's going on what is twee what is happening i mean i feel like it is the natural order though we just yeah. went through y2k like you know the trend cycles bound to you know catch up onto Twee. I just don't, are we just gonna, I, I don't understand what's gonna happen after Twee though, because then you're like almost in 2020 yeah. again, and it's like. Who knows, man. <laughs> it's a lot. Okay, do we want to get into fashion? Sure. 
okay. quintessential twee looks, uh, Peter Pan collars mm-hmm. and pleated mini skirts, um, polka dots, just like pattern mixing in general. Mm. Um, kind of like uh, some kind of mid-century uh, modernism mixed with whatever contemporary like silhouettes exist. Um, Librarian. Yes. Uh, bangs. Zoe. Getting bang, getting Zoe bangs. Um, bangs did come back before Tweed was even talked about coming back. That's true. Um, cardigans. Colorful tights. Um, Hate. N- yeah. Despise. No. There is like, if you're doing like a monochrome look, that could work. But like, other than that, they just don't. They don't. Just don't do it. Yeah. Mustaches? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, God, the mustaches. <laughs> no. I don't think I forgot that mustaches were like such a thing. It was on everything. It was so bad. It was disgusting. I had a shirt (laughs) that said I mustache you question. I know. No. It was from Delia's. Delia's was like shoving tweed down our throat. Yeah. Delia's was like, here's a cheap version of Mod Cloth. Oh my god. Yeah, Mod Cloth was like the tweed haven of our time. To be fair, that shirt I had did have uh, Bert from Sesame Street on it. Okay. Right? It makes me like it a little bit it, more. It saves it a little bit. <laughs> they did put a mustache on Bert, though. Yeah. I don't know why they would do that. I don't know what the obsession was. Also, like, if you went to Claire's, there'd be, like, plastic glasses that had, like, a mustache, atta- like, a plastic mustache attached to yeah. it. So you could, like, have a mustache. People wore fake glasses, too, which I don't, I don't disrespect. I think someone tried to shade me. A little while ago. <laughs> I'm now remembering the story, and I can't tell the whole story, but someone tried to shade me a while ago because I got glasses, and they were like, are those fake glasses? And I was like, no. <laughs> um, So I'm not here for fake glasses slandering because that, like, do whatever you want. Like, no judgment. Um, well, glasses are also a part of Twee. They like, are. The cat eye glasses. Those glasses, yeah. Like, very, like, librarian-esque. Even just, like, the thicker frames, mm-hmm. they're, like, pretty Twee, I would say the thicker square frames um something i kept coming up on too is that like definitely especially in the 2010s i don't think this existed in the 90s because it was mostly a music thing but definitely in the 2010s there was a um a toxic body type problematic body types um you know it was always geared towards like skinny white women um and that's obviously problematic um i read a lot about the hope for the next uh revival to be like more inclusive which is Literally, the origins of Tweety is being inclusive, so, like, it should be inclusive. Um, so, yeah, that's, like, kind of the hope. But, yeah, there definitely is a lot to address there. Yeah, I feel like that's, like, also with other resurgences where, like, I don't know, a lot of, like, the inspiration for Y2K was all, like, you know, Paris Hilton and mm. a lot of just, like, classic, you know, white woman icons. Yeah. But, um, like, if you look into the history, like, there are people of color who are like wearing the style who originated the styles of a lot of these different um aesthetics that like i feel like are coming to light now yeah absolutely which is good that's what we want to see you know inclusive body types um i also feel like if this new revival of tweet does happen i feel like it is for the men (laughs) like i feel like you're talking about knitwear you're talking about pearls i'm like this is what the men are all doing. And it's like, yeah. the the ladies aren't. We're kind of like, okay, we did our twee thing back when we were like 13. 
Um, so now it's the chance for the men to be their more feminine side, which is awesome. We love that. Totally. I mean, I feel like part of like the like twee when it like was first it previous revivals, even like in its first origins, was including like more or getting away from that toxic masculinity and yep. like letting men like wear more feminine, yep. dainty, delicate clothes. Um, I even wrote down Tyler the Creator as like a twee icon oh my god because i feel like his his recent aesthetic like for his last album for his brand golf like very twee west anderson-esque it's it's very cool i love it it's, it's if anyone's gonna bring back twee it's it's him it's him so i think he might be the one to like pioneer the which is survival. great because then it's not it's like literally not a skinny white woman mm. it's literally like a black man like that's mm. awesome like that's exactly the person who should bring it back like totally. that's I, I do agree with that, though. He is very, like, in there already. Mm-hmm. I feel like I question just, like, throwing the entire Wes Anderson aesthetic into a twee bucket, which I think people do. Um, I feel like there is some, like, part of Wes Anderson's aesthetic that's not entirely twee. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. I just feel like they cr- they're they like a Venn diagram, and they're both in the center, but there's also... Wes Anderson things and there's also Twee things and like I feel like they're two different things that just happen to have a lot in common. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Okay. That's that's it. That's my argument. That's the only argument <laughs> I have to make. I feel that. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like when I was reading things, like they definitely threw around Wes Anderson's name. Like they sprinkled that in. Well, they were like everywhere. everything Wes Anderson's ever done. And I'm like, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean... Like, I wouldn't even call Royal Tenenbaums technically, like, twee. Yeah, definitely Moonrise Kingdom. Absolutely. Like, no yeah. doubt in my mind. Moonrise Kingdom is the most twee movie he's ever made. But, like, there's some ones that aren't really necessarily fully twee, you know? Um, Isle of Dogs is not twee at all. True. Um, Should we continue with movies since we just, like... Got into Wes. I guess you're right. Just like flowing, but um, I ranked my Wes Anderson movies in terms of tweeness. Okay, just three of them. I just sorry, that was a stupid thing to say. I basically just picked the three ones that I was like, yeah, these are the most tweet ones. Um, Moonrise Kingdom, then Grand Budapest, and then Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes, Fantastic Mr. Fox. I know that's like the best one too, but like, I feel like it was kind of pre-tweet, but it like led to. A tweet revival. Yeah, like per- perfectly like fit in yeah. with it, was it like at the time. 2008, so it was like it was just about to take off, you know. 2008 was like our last sane year, honestly. <laughs> oh. It's true. Um, let me see. Movies, submarine. What do you think about this? You don't agree? No, I agree. <laughs> you don't it want just it to causes be? me pain. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, you're so right. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. But not in a bad way. No. In, like, the good way. In a good way. Also, again, I would say not fully. I feel like there has not... Okay, there has been fully Twee movies. Yeah, I, Okay, I'm in this weird place with Twee. Hold on, hold on. We're getting somewhere, guys. Don't worry. Um, I feel like sometimes I like it and sometimes I hate it. I feel like when I think of, like, Zoe Deschanel... I don't hate Zoe Deschanel, but I hate that era of Twee. Um, when I think of Twee in general, I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. So I think I agree with that, and I like... In the way that I like it. Like... That movie was technically taking place right when Twee was taking place, too. So, like, mm-hmm. that kind of makes sense. No, it does make sense. Um, yeah, and if anything, it's honoring the roots. 
You're right. Me. Okay, I appreciate that then. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, 500 Days of Summer. Okay. So we jumped into my problematic Twee movie. Uh-oh, uh, with Zoe. Rant. Not even with Zoe. I mean... I've actually look, never seen this movie, so I... Okay, well, it's terrible. I know it's problematic, though. It's terrible, and it's just, like, misogynistic from, like, the first millisecond. Yeah. Um, I know it's, like, pretty much the origins of so many stereotypes. Yeah. And I mean, it's bi- if you watch it, it's funny, because you're like, that's just a stereotype. Like, that is not even a human being. That is a full-blown stereotype in action. Um... That and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, I put in the same category as, like, yeah, they definitely, like, fall into a twee aesthetic, but um, they're both problematic, and what they do is they entrench the problems of twee in the 2010s, um, because they basically say, hey, we're gonna, it uses the commercialized version of twee and objectifies women, um, like, uses them as objects throughout the film in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, one I actually haven't seen, but, um, I, like, have read about it and have gotten, like... It's the quintessential manic pixie dream girl, like, example. And, like, throughout the entire movie, this man uses this woman as, like, a, like, where to, like, basically gauge his life, I guess. I'm not thinking of the right way to say it, but, like, a lot of it depends on her and not her as, like, who she actually is as a human being, but her as, like, this object in his life. Um, 500 Days of Summer is just, like, just messed up. Like, it's just, I don't even, I couldn't even finish the movie. Like, that's how much I could wow. not stand to watch it. Um, and it's disappointing because it's, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, too. But he is, Love him. he's just, like, such a little viney baby. <laughs> and it's just, like, so, like, I just don't like him for that. But, yeah, okay. So those are two movies that I definitely think fall into Twee, but they fall into the problematic Twee yeah. category. I will say it's super ironic that, like, it, I mean, we're not surprised, but it, like, the Twee turning into this whole male fantasy yeah. thing uh, when it was like first for women and yeah. by women it was but supposed to be like literally a way to like let women be themselves mm-hmm. and instead it becomes like male fantasy yeah, yeah. yep Not surprising um, but surprising have you ever seen Garden State yeah I also don't like that movie I put that down, but did you watch it? I've only seen like part of it, but I like the soundtrack and the soundtrack. I think it does have a good twee moment yeah. in it. Um, um, that was on a list of twee movies. Uh, I just didn't. I just remember not liking it. I don't. It wasn't even misogynistic or anything. It was just like I just didn't think it was a good movie. Um, I don't like what's his name that much though. Zach Braff. Oh yeah, he's kind of weird. Maybe it was misogynistic. I just didn't know it at the time. I'm sure it was. It's just felt offended. Um. Amelie? Yeah. Amelie's a really good one because, oh, it's such a good movie. So cute. Um, And it is actually, like, female-centered. Mm-hmm. And it's about, like, this complex female character, which I think is awesome. Um, Yeah, I think that's a good one. Um, I also, I've ever seen the movie uh, While We're Young. No. That one is interesting because it came out in 2014, so it's, like, a little bit the maybe end after of end of yeah. it. But it kind of just, like makes fun of the hipster mm-hmm. um you know persona that like became popular over those like last few years um and it basically is just about an older couple who is kind of just like mid-crisis vibes uh, midlife okay. crisis vibes and then they meet like a younger couple who's just like super millennial and just like hipster they live in brooklyn and they like make their own <gasps> adam like, driver yeah adam driver ben yeah. stiller um 
it's really funny because like of course the hipster dude who like seems super cool and like he doesn't even have an iphone and he just like lives life turns out to be an awful person mm. it just like shed light on this annoying hipster dude that mm-hmm. came out during this time yeah that existed during this that time. existed during this um, time and without like it makes fun of it you know that's th- that's the issue with the 2020 2010 revival of tweet is that it was like there's no questioning of the male authority when that literally is the entire premise of the origin the original aesthetic you know was to question the patriarchy and like in 2010s it was like no we are the manic pixie dream girl we are this like little feminine woman for men's desires not for ourselves you know i think there's a really interesting thing that i've been exploring too which is kind of like I think in response to patriarchy, a lot of women go more masculine or more tough or more punk or whatever, because it's like, if you're tougher, then you can be in the same place. But at the same time, that means you're basically conforming to being a man mm-hmm. um, in order to live in a society with men. Um, and I think allowing yourself your femininity and embracing like, it, embracing it um, actually challenges that male authority more because it's like no you have to match me i don't have to match you Mm -hmm. you know and i think that's something that's really important in feminism i don't know where i was going with that i lost my train of thought but that was kind of what i wanted to say um juno Mm -hmm. had a lot of tween music in it which is awesome um little miss sunshine uh, Stranger Than Fiction, I think, is sort of twee. The character that Maggie Hall plays is definitely, like, a little twee girl. Um, she's very, like, she's kind of tough, though, but, like, in a cool... Like, it's, she's a hipster, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a better way to put it, because she's got, like, the tattoos and whatever. Um, waitress, which is a... That's, like... I've seen that. Yeah, if you guys know the Broadway play, it's, like... I also saw it on Broadway. Awesome. It's like the original movie that the Broadway play was based off of. Um, and Adrian Chelly actually went to BU, and she's the woman who directed that and who gave me money to make a film, except for she died, so her husband gave it to me. But, yeah, anyway. Um, then Austin Land, which is another um, Carrie Russell. It's So Carrie Russell is a waitress, and she's in Austin Land. Austin Land is about this woman who is, like, a big Jane Austen fanatic, which I think is kind of very twee because it's like oh the more feminine side mm-hmm. um i think you've told me about this movie actually yeah because i had an obsession with it it's very very good um but i was thinking about it i was like oh it's kind of twee in like the good way like mm-hmm. it's kind of like cutesy um and it's just like a little romance movie it's very cute i think it's i think it's really good and really underrated music yes 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 so would you like to go first i mean i'm trying to think because I feel like there's so many different, like, as, again, like, Twee has been around for a while, so you could either play the, you know, OG Twee bands, mm. you could also play the kind of more folk, early 2000 bands, and then yeah. I think also kind of this more indie alternative sound was kind of within Twee as well, like, bands yeah. like Phoenix kind of, like, yeah. edge on it, okay. so it's like... I'm, like, a little bit indecisive about that. Because I also was reading, like, they were categorizing, like, the 1975 as Twee, which I'm like, I don't no. think the 1975 is Twee, but that's a little bit after. But I think there are some, I don't know, like, maybe, like, Cage the Elephant, like, borders on it, but Absolutely. not. Absolutely, yeah. Um, group love, but let me see. I'm going to do 
two, um, like, OG Twi-era songs, and then, um, one by Camera Obscura, which is more recent song, but, like, a band that's been through that whole time. So I'm kind of going with the original Twi, because that, to me, is, like, what makes sense with Twi music. Mm-hmm. Um, something I wanted to say quickly, though, about music is, so I was, like, Okay, this is happening in the 80s and 90s, um, and it's in the music realm, and I was like, okay, so I clearly have a good source of someone talking around the music realm in the 80s and 90s, so I asked Carrie Cowan, my yes. mother, um, if she had ever heard anything being referred to as twee, because, like, honestly, before people were like, oh my god, twee revival, yeah. I did not know what the word twee was, I didn't know it was a word, Neither did I, I. Like, did not know that was, like, what it was called, either. I was like, what is this? So I asked her, and what was interesting was she said, I said, did you ever hear of music being referred to as Twee in the 80s and 90s? And she said, yes, but not all of it. And so I was like, interesting. I think she was hearing the more, like, pejorative use of the word Twee, like, oh, that's Twee, rather than, like, this is Twee music, which is interesting, because she was, like, um, Spando Ballet and, like, Roxy Music were, like, being called Twee. But I think that was meant to be, like... Derogatory? Yeah. And not in the way of, like, oh, this is, like, a era of music. So I think it was very entrenched in the U.K. at the time. Yeah. My mom was, like, in the U.S. Um, so I asked her about, like, one of the bands I'm going to play um, called The Field Mice. And she was, like, never heard of them, but they sound twee, which mm-hmm. I thought was funny. Um, so, yeah. So the song I'm going to play by The Field Mice is called Emma's House. And I thought that was really cute. that was cute and it reminds me of, like music i would listen to like when i was growing up mm-hmm. um and i was like oh i really like this like early like early 90s late 80s twee music like it's 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 fun yeah cute. just like cute little upbeat yeah guitar fun. not necessarily like happy but just kind of like la- like vibey yeah vibey exactly Okay, you want to hit us with a track? Sure. I'll also play an OG band. Um, Tallulah Gosh. Yes, I'm so happy you chose this because I wasn't. I had a song by them, but I wasn't going to play it. Okay. Um, I think you should play Tallulah Gosh by Tallulah yes! Gosh. <laughs> okay. Because I like that one a lot. It's so cute. Yeah, that's so cute. Mm-hmm. I was pointing out the um, like the cover art is so cute. It's definitely like literally a DIY. Like, just looks like a couple of stamps on some paper. Kids drawing. I love yeah, it. it's so cute. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the the sound doesn't sound too far removed from like indie that I hear today. Like, yeah, that and even like 
Um, I saw, I was listening to one Twee playlist just on Spotify while I was taking my notes. And, like, there were, like, Smith songs on it, too. And it's, like, I don't, I wouldn't consider Smith necessarily Twee, but, like, it's interesting because it's, like, there's definitely, that's, like, early indie music that wasn't really, like, you weren't calling it indie music yet. You might have been calling it, like, an alternative, but, like, not indie. Um, and, like, I guess this is kind of where indie kicked in, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, the indie pop differentiation. Yeah that came with it um okay um my second one i'm gonna do three if that's okay mm-hmm. just because i was vibing um the second one is important i'm gonna play out a girl by heavenly it's important because it's uh a commentary on uh women's rights for abortion which is actually super relevant right now um and women's rights to like their bodies in general um it's it's a cool song but yeah, so it had that political messaging that a lot of these earlier Twee songs had, um, but that we don't see in the d- depoliticized versions of Twee. So, Add a Girl by Heavenly. Yeah, there was also something I just wanted to note about from the label Sarah at the beginning. Um, something they talked about, too, was, like, this um, juxtaposition of, like, happy, upbeat music with, like, more serious messages. Um, which I think that song kind of is, like, very upbeat, but it has a more serious message mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, I feel like the guitar is the beginning. Mm-hmm. It just sounds super, like, I don't know, I feel like I hear that. I know. In so many, like, 2010 indie bands absolutely um, so similar um so it's cool to hear like go that far back you yeah. know what i mean because i had no idea before <laughs> like this research um so now for my second song i feel like i should play like maybe just a classic just like a good old shin song shin song the shins oh i was like it's like, are you talking about she and him please don't make me listen to she and him oh i forgot we should probably do a she and him clip but yeah, go ahead and play the shins because sure. I actually like the shins. They sorry, ooh. I like them. I don't no, I don't love them. I just like there's a couple of their songs that I'm like, oh, this is a bop, you know. I feel like when I was like thinking of Tui, I was like, this song is what I think of. I know exactly what song you're talking about, and I did not like that song. Just Which one should it. I play? No, no, play that song. Play that song. Okay. But I didn't dislike it. I didn't dislike it. I just there were later songs that I liked better. Okay, mm-hmm. play. It. what is it called new what new slang new slang this was in the garden state um soundtrack right yeah i did i did listen to that a decent amount back in the day um yeah i feel like i never like listened to it but i just would hear it yeah in like Forever 21. Typical. Or yeah. Forever 21 are just, like, indie movies. True. <laughs> True. Or, like, indie commercials. Um, yeah. It's also, like, it blends into folk, kind of. And I feel like bands like uh, 
I can only think of the names of their songs right now. Tiger Mansion Peasant Song. What is that band called? Fleet Foxes. I feel like bands like Fleet Foxes came out of Twee almost. Like, I, d- I definitely think Fleet Foxes was around when Twee was happening, but like. Iron and Wine. Yeah, like all that, like, folky, like, super folk kind of oh came yeah. from Tweet. Of Monsters and Men, Mumford, yeah. and, M- Mumford and Sons. Um, I guess it was yeah. Tweet, technically, because it was, like, right in that time. And like, everyone who kind of dressed Tweet was into that. So, and like, yeah, like, it was, like, hipster music, essentially. Yeah. Um, so the last one I'm going to play is Camera. Camera. Why can I never say this? Why can't I speak? Camera Obscuras. Um, books written for girls. Give me marks out of ten for the clothes that I wear. You probably thought I had more upstairs. I disappoint you. What year was that? Let me look it up. I mean, this is them, too. They're wearing, like, little berets, and they're holding a <laughs> teddy bear. And it's, like, the nice part of cute... T- nice part of twee, you know? Like, it's kind of, like... It really is, like, homey and DIY mm-hmm. and, like, kind of, like... Yes. The only reason I bring Do- Zoe Deschanel into it is because she was, like, this clean, perfect version of twee, which yeah. I think really, like was because she was a Manic Pixie Dream Girl, and, like, yeah. Or, yeah, or at least, like, yeah. She but, was the face of it all. Yeah. So that was 2003 from Camera. Oh, interesting. Here. Yeah. I mean, because they started with um, Sarah, so, like, they just kept doing stuff, and then finally, like, reemerged in the 2000s. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you have anything else? Um, Should I play this She and Him to burn our ears? Sure. Okay. I'm not going to play a lot of it. Just just a second of it. Uh, what was the song I really hated? Stay a while. We like the same things and I like your style. It's not a secret. Why do you keep it? I'm just sitting on the shelf. Yeah, even the name, is it she and him? Mm-hmm. Like, very typical, like... It's just formulated. Yeah. It's like, formulated tween. It was like, that's that wasn't what tween was back in yeah. the day. Like, especially with people just showing up and making music, like... Totally. It's too it's too formulized. Same with mod cloth. Also, their their quality of clothing is just so bad. I never bought anything from there, but, like, I had a moment where I really wanted everything on the website. It was... I'm glad I got out of that phase, though. I think I also didn't buy anything, but I think I had gotten someone's, like, hand-me-downs mm. ones that were from ModCloth, and they were not good quality. Nice. Yeah. I don't even know what their whole thing was. It wasn't... They had, like, vintage clothes, and they had, like, their own, you know, yeah. stuff they made. But they didn't have vintage stuff. They just made stuff to look vintage. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. And it used to be, like, legit, and then it was just, like, skater skirts, basically. Yeah. I mean, they were going for the whole, like, mod vintage vibe yeah but 
but it didn't look actually vintage. That's why, like, when I started to hate it, it was because it was actually getting into a vintage phase. And I was like, I actually want vintage. I don't want, like, this fake vintage stuff. Mm-hmm. You know how we were talking about in Art Deco how, like, you go into movies and, like, they really do, like, vintage-style clothing of the time period that the movie is made? Yeah. Like, Great Gatsby, it's, like, those are flapper dresses clearly made in, like, the 2010s, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I feel like that's what mod cloth was, is that it was, like... Like, modern, 60s mod clothes made in 2010. Yeah. Okay. Some other just bands to shout out. Um, Shop Assistance was another one, like, Tallulah Gosh and The Field Mice, like, some OGs. So were the Orchids. Uh, Sufjan. Or is it Sufjan? I always Sufjan, Sufjan. Sufjan. Sufjan is such a little twee man. Mm-hmm. And, like... Totally. I can't always listen to all of his music because I can't always get into it, but, like, some of his songs are just so good, and, like, yeah. he's so cute. He definitely, yeah, totally twee, fully twee. Yeah. Um, Regina Spector and Sydney Gish were the other two I wanted to say. Oh, totally. Yeah, they're both. Regina Spector is definitely, like, the more poppy side, and Sydney Gish is more, like, the indie side, but she definitely, like, does a playful thing. Would you like to add anything else before we wrap up? I think... I covered everything I wanted to say. Yo, that's so awesome. I think I have nothing else to say. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Thank you for tuning in to your two favorite aesthetic podcasters. Um, we're looking forward to seeing you next time. Mm-hmm. We'll be back for more episodes for season five. What, what? So we'll be a little bit more regular, hopefully. Yep. Um, and our sound quality will be better. So amazing. All right. We love you. Bye. Bye.